It is so important even to hear the ones you've already heard before. God wrote a book called the book of Deuteronomy. It's called the book of remembrance. It could also be titled, Don't Forget What God Has Done For You. And Moses would stand up and read all the stories to the people of God who already knew the stories. But he read them over and over and over and over again. Why? Because when you hear real stories of the real God doing real things in your life, what it does is it combats the doubt, unbelief, distrust, and fear that is so natural to the human experience. Every day, fear, doubt, and unbelief is the default position for the human condition. And so we've got to rehearse over and over and over again the things that God has done and the things that God is doing so that the next giant you face, you can say, like David did to King Saul, hey, look, God delivered me from the lion and the bear. You see what he's doing? He's telling King Saul two stories of what God had already done in his life. And he said, therefore, this Philistine, no problem. See, he was able to face the Philistine with faith because he was remembering what God had already done with the lion and the bear. So let's go to the book of uh, Psalm. And I want to read just a little bit about the power and importance of testimony. And then we're going to hear some of them. And Psalm 78 We're going to start reading here. We're going to jump through some of these passages in uh, this psalm because it's a long psalm. I just want to pull out a few really key scriptures for us. Give ear, O my people, God says, to the law or to the word. Incline your ears. Turn to the person next to you and say, incline your ear. Okay, what that means is lean in, lean in and open them up. All right? Just lean in and open them up. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. That means God wants to speak to us. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us. Our fathers have told us. Listen to this. We will not hide them from our children. Telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord. We're going to find out why in a minute. His strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. When he commanded our fathers, here we go. He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Why? That the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born. That they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God. God commands parents to tell their children the stories, the God stories of their life. Why? So that their children growing up in a secular society that don't hear much about God, unless it's mockery or cynicism or unbelief, That their children will hear God's stories that are undeniable so that they too will learn to put their trust in God. That's the power of testimonies. The power of stories. In fact, last year I thought, we have have so many God stories in our family. I thought we had better write our own book. The the Ettor's God Story book. 
And so I sat around the dinner table. We started talking a little bit about it. And that's, that's on my bucket list. This year, it's one of my goals is to write that God story and have some of them write some of those stories. We have so many stories. And if we can capture our stories, if you can capture your stories, journal your stories, you can pass them down to your children. They can pass it down to their children. They can pass it down to their children so that generations to come through you will learn to trust God. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. And not forget the works of God. You and I can forget what God has done if we don't put them in remembrance. When he says, remember what God has done, it doesn't mean like you completely forget them. It means they're not in the forefront of your mind. So when you face Goliath, what's not in the forefront of your mind is what God has already done, like the lion and the bear, but it's Goliath. And you live in fear. Watch. But keep his commandments. And they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart right and whose spirit was not faithful to God. That is what happens to people who forget what God has done, is we become faithless and fearful. Watch this. The children of Ephraim, the children of Ephraim. Ephraim was a father. He was a tribe. The children of of Ephraim, watch this, being armed and carrying bows. So here are the people of God, the next generation. They are armed and they're carrying bows. They are armed for battle, God's people, God's with them. This is the children of the previous generation. They're armed for battle. What happens? They turned back in the day of battle. Why? They did not keep the covenant of God, that's the relationship with God, They refused to walk in God's ways. They forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. You see that combination there, family? You see that? They're going out into life. They're going out into battle. They forgot the stories their dad had told them about the great works of God. So in the day of battle, they turned and fled. That's why stories are so important. Now, let's go down to uh, let's go down to verse nineteen and twenty. In my translation I'm looking at here, it does not have numbers. I don't know where 19 and 20 is, so I'm going to do it up here. Okay, here we go. Verse 19. Look at this. Yes, they spoke against God. What did they say? God can prepare a table. Can, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Keep going. Behold, he struck the rock so that waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he also give bread? Can he provide meat for his people? In other words, what they said was, yeah, we know God struck a rock and water came out. But can he really cause meat to just appear in the wilderness? Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah, I know that God did that miracle, but he can't do that miracle. You see, our faith can go to a certain level. Like when Jesus came to Lazarus, who was sick, and Mary said, Jesus, I know that if you came earlier you could have healed my brother and he wouldn't have died and he said didn't i tell you that if you believe you'd see the glory of god she had faith that he could heal lazarus but she did not believe that he could raise him from the dead 
You see, that's why we got to keep hearing these stories so that we can believe God for the greater thing. God takes us from glory to glory. Here's the last thing I want to show. And then we're going to hear these stories. Verse 40 and 41. This is profound. The power that God has given to us in our relationship with him is profound. Watch this. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. That means they tested him or they didn't trust him and limited the Holy One of Israel. Our unbelief can limit what God does in our lives. But just the opposite is true. Jesus said, all things. Everybody say, all things. Come on, say, all things are possible. To those who what? To those who what? One more time. To those who what? Believe. We are a faith-filled, believing church. That is why we keep seeing miracles after miracles after miracles. So, God, today we celebrate you in this house. We reject doubt, unbelief, fear, distrust. And we're going to hear stories now, God, of your goodness over this past year. For you to be glorified and for our faith to be increased. So you can do even greater things in this coming year. Amen. All right. Let's give God praise. Shauna, come on. You're up first. Let's welcome Shauna Wright. Shauna's going to come and break open our testimony Sunday. And I'm going to grab this testimony mic here. Let's welcome Shauna one more time. Going, friend. So good to see you. Okay, my name's Shauna Wright, and in October of 2018, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I went through a double mastectomy, which they removed both breasts, and that happened in October of last year. December, I had an ex- the extenders put in, which is the reconstructive part of the whole process. And then in April of this year, um, they wrapped it up, and the reconstructive, most of it, was taken care of. And I sailed through all three of those surgeries with no pain. Um, recovery, I mean, I was told through the, by the doctors that I was textbook material. God just paved the way for me. Um, then a few months ago, I had a lump under each of my armpits and shooting pain, which is not a good sign after you battled breast cancer. And I just cried out to God in my garage where my kids can see me. And I just said, Lord, you didn't bring me this far to just drop me off now. I said, would you please heal me? You know, my family dynamic is <laughs> not where I could go through chemo and radiation for a year or whatever. So um, I talked to a friend of mine who does scans for a living, and she calmed me down. She just told me to call Kaiser that they would get me in right away due to my past history. So Kaiser got me in two day, within two days, and within those two days, the pain in the lump in my left arm was totally gone. The pain in my right arm was gone, and the lump in my, under my right arm was half the size. So when I went in to see my oncologist, she could not tell me what happened or whatever. She did feel the lump that was left. Um, I'm cancer-free today, and I believe God healed me. <laughs> Okay, wait just a minute. Oh, God. 
Praise God. So, um, there's another testimony I want you to tell. So, as most of you know, my wife is uh, battling uh, breast cancer right now. Uh, it's a third time battling. We're contending for the kingdom. And you say, well, how, how, why would God heal someone not heal others? I don't believe God heals someone doesn't heal others. I believe that God is the healer and that we are fighting a battle. And some battles we win, some battles we lose. Uh, other battles are longer than others. Sometimes they're instantaneous healings. Other times they're gradual healings. But we never stop fighting. Amen? And uh, even Jesus' disciples one day, they said, why couldn't we cast the demon out of this boy? He, Jesus said, this kind only comes up by fasting and prayer. New levels, new devils. So they had already healed. They'd already raised the dead. But they ran up against something that wouldn't move. That's why we fast as a church, to move things that haven't moved yet. But we do not conclude that it's not God's will to heal because he already crucified his son and he took our sins our sicknesses and our diseases on the cross and so we're fighting for the full measure in the meantime we don't judge anybody for not having answered prayer or for not having their miracle yet we just keep fighting together until we see jesus face to face amen so she got instantaneously healed my wife is battling but we're all part of the same family the same army and we're not going to run in the day of battle so my wife said to me, uh, after she got diagnosed and realized she had about 10 months of hell in front of her, she said, I really wish I had that garden that um, I could sit and just pray and, you know, meditate and think. And I have a, a friend who, a landscape architect, that a, a number of years ago told me it'd be about $5,000 just to do the irrigation, do some of the basics. So after my wife just kind of mentioned that, I went into my bedroom and knelt down and prayed and asked Jesus for $5,000 to do that garden for my wife. And uh, two days later, um, Hope and I were at home. It was Sunday, church, and Miss Brenda was here. And, and uh, what happened? God laid it on my heart. He gave me an amount of money to give to the tours, to give to Hope. And I just put it in a card, and I, I came to church to give it to them, and they weren't here. And I saw Miss Brenda, and I, I asked her would, if she would please give this card to Hope. God had laid it on my heart, and it was the exact amount that they needed to do their garden. $5,000. How cool is that? Thank you so much. I love the way that that just like punched the devil right in the nose, right? The mom who had breast cancer is now being led by the Lord to give $5,000 to another woman in the church who has breast cancer to give her a garden to seek the Lord as she goes through the valley of the shadow of death. That's how the body of Christ works, right? We hear his voice, we obey, and we all get blessed and get blessed. What a great story. I also, for me, I was going to have pictures up here, but uh, I couldn't get to it. Of all of those that came up to help build that garden, just finished it the day before Christmas. I can't thank you enough for coming up. All the money that came in after the 5K, um, all the volunteers, all the materials that were donated, it was just love, love, love. And I can't thank you enough for what you've done for my wife and for our family. In fact, I'm going to read a testimony right now um, uh, from my son, Josiah. that just came to my mind. I'm going, to, I'm going to scroll down here and find his. He told me I could read it. He's in the back here. Josiah and I, I'm going to read it. Josiah and I were talking about how selfish and mean people in the world can be. He's a freshman in high school. That pretty much says it all, right? You guys don't remember freshmen in high school? 
Everybody's so kind to each other and giving and loving and generous. Nobody criticizing or bullying anybody. Yeah. Josiah and I were talking about how selfish and mean people in the world can be. Then he told me, that, then I told him, okay. I then told him when Jesus told me to start a church that one of my goals was to build a community of others-centered people as a stark contrast to the surrounding culture we live in, which is a very self-centered culture. He then said, I wasn't expecting this, quote, I've become more of a giver because of our church. Pastor likes to hear that coming from his children. I said, hmm. Uh, he said, like today, I bought each one of my brothers and sisters the $5 Starbucks card. He said, a year ago, I never would have done that, especially for my siblings. <laughs> and I said, how did that feel? He said, I thought it would hurt, but it felt great. I said, why do you think our church made you become more of a giver? And he said, because everyone in our church is so so loving and kind and has done so much for our family. It's made me realize how selfish I've been. Woo! All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Who do we have next? Uh, Stuart. Come on up, buddy. Let's welcome Stuart on his way down. And after Stuart, I'm going to have um, Mark Nelson. You'll be next. So let's not uh, do the prices right where we have to wait for you to come all the way down from the back. Stuart has a great testimony. I also want to thank you for your faithfulness and serving in our church for all these years. And thank you. So uh, one Sunday in uh, late July, I was praying after church with Amar and uh, Eric Dolander, and uh, we uh, prayed for a bunch of things regarding our jobs and, and living situations. And uh, so we had a really powerful prayer, particularly for me, with blessings for my job. And so uh, the next morning, I received a call that I was uh, laid off uh, over the phone after working in a place for 17 years. So... That's cold. I just took this as... That's cold, man. You know what? I was really encouraged by the prayer from the previous day because it was a prophetic prayer. God letting me know that he had my back. So they pray for a blessing over your job, and the next day the next you get day, a phone call and you're fired. I was laid off over the phone. Okay. Right. So we all know now who not to ask prayer for. <laughs> who is it? Amor and Eric? Stay away from those guys. No, no. They'll pray a really powerful prayer. They'll give you the encouragement. So, you know, sometime later, I was uh, getting discouraged with my living situation because my roommate had died who uh, the lease had been in his name. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got a 30-day notice that we were evicted, the rest of the the people living there. And uh, I was still looking for a job at the time. So I was getting a little bit discouraged about this, but I knew God had some kind of a plan. So... uh, uh, in the middle of September, one day before church, I was uh, talking to Augie, and he mentioned that uh, he was hiring at uh, his job, and it sounded like I might have the skills to do that. So within the week, I actually got hired for that job. Awesome. And then also, uh, God opened a door for me to have a new living place that was a mile and a half from where I work. Awesome. 
Awesome. You know what I love about your testimony. You came here after you'd gotten fired. And how cold, after 17 years of faithfulness, you get a phone call saying you're fired with no reason. And I remember how it, had, it was just unrighteous, the unfairness of it. And, you know, um, I could tell you were really hurting, and we prayed together. And the injustice of it can just make you not trust God. It can say, what's happening? Why did this happen to me? Hey, I remember about that. I remembered half a Bible verse, and you very helpfully reminded me what the rest of that is. It's about, there's this promise in the Bible that, uh, you know, the world will be hard, and, and it'll be tough. But the second half of the verse is, take heart, I've overcome the world. Right Jesus' on. words that you reminded me of, and so that was an awesome blessing on well, that Well, that's day. the reason I kept your testimony going, so you could finally talk about how I helped you. <laughs> you missed that part, which is the most important part of the testimony, Mark. Yeah, so many people in the church prayed for me, and I thank but you all. What I love it. about it is, is, is here's injustice that happened to him, but he trusted that God was bigger than the injustice, and look what God did. Sometimes a demotion in the natural is a promotion in the spiritual. That's right. You just have to wait for it. That's right. Awesome testimony, man. Thank you, man. Amen. All right, Mark, come on up. Let's welcome Mark Nelson. Come over this way so you're on camera. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So this time last year, we couldn't have imagined that we would be living in San Diego now. Um, in the 13 years that Courtney and I have been married, we never once spoke about leaving Chicago. Uh, she grew up just outside of Chicago. Her parents lived in the city, which was also a blessing. And uh, we were a part of a church plant uh, from 50, for 15 years and really invested in an amazing community, amazing church. Uh, my brother and I had a commercial real estate business together for 10 years. And uh, our business was, uh, you know, network and properties. So kind of like farming. If you leave the area, you leave your business. You, you, you lose everything. Um, but Courtney and I were planning a trip um, uh, in February to up to Reading to attend a conference, and one Friday night we were doing some research, and the only way I can describe it is God arrested our hearts. It was like something we'd never experienced before together with him, where he showed us this. We were planning a trip to Northern California. Friends of ours were going to travel to L.A., so we were kind of looking at the whole state, and uh, on Google he we felt God open up an area, North County, San Diego, and he kind of, it was like, he said to us, would you consider, it was basically, would you consider uh, moving here? It was an invitation. It was just an invitation that came from him, and in, in 20 minutes, we were just drawn to this area, um, and it was just this incredible night, but then we had to, how many of you know getting a vision or getting a, getting, hearing from God is easy? But the logistics, the implementation is hard work. So I woke up the next day and realized I had to go and tell my brother there was church, there was business, there were friends that I had to go and reveal this vision that we had been given. And in the, in the meantime, we planned a trip down here to walk the land as well. But I went from being full of faith and courage to suddenly waking up in the middle of the night, like in panic, in anxiety, in fear, and I'd wake up at one in the morning, another night, two in the morning, and just kind of 
grappling with what I knew God had spoken. Um, and at the same time, I googled uh, Spiritful Church San Diego, and you guys popped up, the first church that, that we encountered, and we intersected with your faith series in January, February of this year, and started to listen to the amazing testimonies that were coming out, and that, I shared that with my brother and his family, and we were, we were listening in and being built up by what God was doing here. So then I started to wake up in the night, and instead of being filled with fear, I just started to just encounter God. I'm like, this is an opportunity to pray and invite the Prince of Peace to just take this over. And I started to look at the the watch, and I would see uh, the clock on the side of my bed. I'd see 111. And then the next night, I'd see 333 or 222 or 123. And I was like, Lord, what's going on? And and I felt him say, I'm going to take care of the timing. And it was really clear, and I just held it up before him. And there were about 25 miracles that had to happen to get us here to San Diego. And I wrote 25 things down that I was trusting him to do. And over the course of the next 12 months, God has systematically worked through all of those. There were some that we had on our list that we didn't even have the faith to write down that he did Mm. uh, to get us here. So it was just incredible. And then to come (laughs) and partner with you guys, be planted here, be in this community and in the city. We still have a lot to trust for starting a business from scratch, but having this family of faith as a foundation to launch from is huge. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Okay, real quick. Uh, real quick, you got to tell that story again, a nutshell, of the guy, that uh, the surfer that you guys prayed for. Well, yeah, so... Just when God has you on a faith adventure, which has been awesome for our family, just coming out here, that's another thing, you know, driving across this country together as a family, we've been trusting that we would meet people along the way and see some of what we saw God do, reminding our kids that, you know, every encounter is an opportunity. And so one day Mike and I were just kind of cruising and you know, just enjoying time together. We grabbed a coffee. We thought we'd just stop at Swami's, check on the surf, have a look out. And we walked up to a guy, and he was like kind of awkward. He was stretching, and we just said hello. And then said, how are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I said, you know, do you have any pain in your body? And he said, well, actually, like, I think it was six months ago, he had this traumatic accident on the job site. He fell off scaffolding. He had $110,000 worth of reconstructive surgery done to one of his legs, and so I asked if he had pain, and he pointed to his knee, and we just offered to pray for him, started praying, asked him, simple prayer in Jesus' name, asked him if he felt anything, and on a scale of one to ten, zero being none, ten being extreme pain, where are you? And he felt a change, and it went, started to go down, and we just continued to just pray on, and then eventually we felt like from the reconstructive surgery, maybe his one leg might be longer than the other, and so we asked him to sit down on a bench, we took his shoes off, we lined up his ankles, and sure enough, one foot was sticking out about a half inch longer than the other, and so we, we showed his wife, and she could see too, and uh, we prayed, and instantly, his leg grew out, his legs were aligned, he stood up, he could feel an immediate difference, he started plyometric jumping onto the bench first, and then onto the table, and he was like shouting and screaming, and his wife was like, this is amazing. In, in his toes, he hadn't, 
he hadn't, wasn't able to move three of his toes for six months, and those, he had flex backs, flex backs, everything was moving, and so it was just an awesome time. It's one of those, like, miracles that you look back on, you like, can't believe it happened, but it was just about us just walking with God. Isn't that awesome? Supernatural. Isn't that awesome? So, okay, so case in point, Acts chapter 3 John and Peter did it to a guy who was lame at the gate as they were going into church. We can read that from 2,000 years ago and say, well, yeah, because that was Paul and John. They were the disciples and apostles of Jesus. Well, they're gone, and we're here. And a miracle like that one just happened in San Diego, California. You see? It's not just information. It's demonstration of the power of the kingdom of Jesus Christ here and now. Amen? Amen. Awesome, man. Great testimony. Um, you know, I didn't anticipate this. Dan, I want you to come up and tell your testimony again. Come on up here real quick about your foot. And uh, as you're coming up here, I am going to decide which one I'm going to read next. I have so many of them here, I'm not sure we're going to get through them all. But uh, testimonies do three things. They glorify God which is what we're doing here this morning, Father, talking about you and your goodness. It also increases your faith. When you hear somebody else's testimony, it's like you're saddling up next to their campfire. But you've got to have your own stories, your own divine encounters, because that will be your campfire that others can be warmed by. So, Dan, what happened with you? So we just moved to, back to San Diego from Monterey, and uh, we were looking online, just like uh, Nelson's, and... Uh, found out that there was a summer volleyball uh, games going on in a park, and I love volleyball and love getting together with the family and meeting a new church. So we went and got out there, limbered up a little bit, you know. And uh, I, right in the beginning of the game, I, uh, I broke my, one of my toes, and uh, I, I could feel it, but of course I finished the game. You've got to finish the game. <laughs> And uh, so that night, the toe just went total purple-black. Um, and the only thing you can really do with medicine-wise is wrap it up next to its buddy. Uh, so that Sunday, we come in. I'm kind of hobbling around. And uh, I sheepishly mentioned to uh, Pastor John, and ben. he grabs Ben. And they tell me to stick my foot up there, and they pray for it. And that... Later that afternoon, all the purple black is gone out of the toe, and I'm walking normal, and it was just a, a miracle. And of course, it seems so small that it's just a toe, but it is uh, an example of what um, having prayer and and uh, faith can do. Yeah. Uh, of course, now you see me; I'm still running in a wall, so I wear boots, but. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom goes along with faith. That's awesome, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I want to read this testimony uh, from uh, the Mancinis, Gary and Kathy Mancini. They were part of our church for many years. Uh, and I'm going to read this. He wrote it. My goal in this testimony is to glorify God and to give people uh, hope that need hope. 20 years ago, I lost my dream job of vice president of special uh, markets in Maytag Appliance, in Maytag Appliance. I had been the, uh, with the company for 20 years and planned to retire with them. It was a great job that gave me my 
own division to manage. I had access to the company jets for travel with a great salary, bonus, and stock ownership plans. I say all this to illustrate how devastating it was to lose this job. This began my journey to find a new way to earn a living. Over the past 20 years, I've had seven jobs, all of which were 100% commission. They were very difficult, with long hours, very little pay. I also started four businesses. This was expensive, as they all had startup costs. Over the 20 years, I had a few good years of earnings, but most years were very difficult, causing me to drain my retirement savings account. That's scary, isn't it? Kathy and I had a great deal of stress trying to live life with little money and still help our children as needed. During this difficult time, we had a great deal of support from our friends who covered us with prayer and even provided some financial donations. But God is, capital letters, faithful. About six years ago, I started my fourth business. The first few years continued to be very difficult, but then we began to see some improvement. One night at a prayer meeting, about three years ago, a stranger came up to me and said she had a prophetic word for me about my business. She then shared the word that was right on. Kathy and I knew it was from the Lord. I shared it with my partner, and he was shocked at how accurate this word was. For those who don't know, a prophetic word is when God speaks spontaneously through a, someone to someone else. We have the written word, which is undeniable, unadulterated, perfect. But then we have prophecy, which is what God speaks today, would never contradict his word. Um, but he's still speaking today as a father speaks to his children. And so that's a prophetic word. The last, shortly, after this, shortly after this prophetic word was given to us, the floodgates opened. And we saw our sales grow dramatically. The last three years have been amazing. We have doubled our salary each year for the past three years. And have become the leader in our sales channel. With over six, more, with over six or more competitors, our brand is by far the market share leader in the industry. The Lord has blessed us financially to the point where we are now able to start rebuilding our savings so we can have retirement income available. It is difficult to clearly communicate what a miracle this has been for me and my family. The Lord is so faithful, and I capital letters know that He can do this for those of you, talking about you, who are still waiting for your miracle. Don't give up on the Lord. He will capital letters never give up on you. Isn't that a great testimony? This is a new member of our church. His name is Mark. Everybody welcome Mark. Actually, he's a pastor on staff for those of you who this are This is something I've got to add to this yeah. story. I was going to add what you're about to add. Oh, do I'm it. going to do it do because it. it means a great deal to me. Yeah. Uh, Gary and I served as elders in this church through the entire time that he was going through this struggle. And, uh, you know, we thank God for the breakthroughs and we're here telling stories of breakthroughs. But as important as a breakthrough is, is the presence of God in your life through the struggle. Yes. And uh, Gary and Kathy were absolute inspirations to Shelly and I. The way they handled the crisis never backed off their service, never backed off their pastoral care of the people that God had given them. Just a faithfulness that was, I think it's miraculous. I think it's oh, as sure. supernatural as, as the ultimate breakthrough is the way you guys handled mm -hmm. those years. Yeah. And that's as much the power of God 
sustaining us and getting us through the crisis, through the anxiety, through the fear, that we're still functional and we're still hanging in. And that was a powerful, powerful test. Sat right there in the front row, you two worshiping Jesus for all those years when your prayers weren't getting answers and others were. And then it came. Boom. Awesome testimony. Isn't that a great testimony, family? Um, I want to read this one. This is, we're, we're, we're hearing about external miracles. The internal miracles are some of the biggest and most important. Um, Shelly sent this in. She just came back from a ministry trip, and she prayed for a lady, and here's what she said. This is the testimony. I wanted to thank you for the inner healing prayer you did with me. As you know, I was so shy that I was... Um, that it was a miracle I was able to open up at all. God showed me amazing things from my childhood I didn't think were that important, but now I see how they have been affecting me all these years and holding me back from people. On a long drive the other day, I was realizing how how different I've been since that prayer. In fact, I joined in and have done some things I've never thought I could, like sharing at church. Also, I noticed when I went to church, I used to rush through all the people to get to the place I teach the children. Now I go through hugging everyone, (laughs) saying good morning, and then come back through and do it again. (laughs) Woo, freedom, huh? At our church party, I was like a social butterfly running around. Again, I used to sit in one place and not move. There are many other things I've noticed. I see God's protection now where I didn't before. I see my value because I am in him. God is so good. I'm so thankful he put you in my life to help me. Amen? Amen. We have a a ministry called Sozo here, uh, which is inner healing that Rick and Val Higgins lead. And uh, all all of us uh, ought to make an appointment and do Sozo to get some of that pain out of us so that we can be our personality is going to be completely liberated and be who God has created us to be. Um, let me look down through here. Boy, is it cold in here? It is cold in here. I've got to talk to him about turning that heat up. Sorry about that. Um, here's one from Al Mason. I'm going to tell off on Al this morning. Uh, Al sitting back here with his beautiful bride of how long have you guys been married? She hasn't left you in 54 years. That's the testimony of the day right there. The biggest testimony of the day. Al thought he was all done. How young are you, Al? He had to ask his wife. I have to do that. I do. 75, he thought he was done. Wasn't even coming to church anymore. Sorry, Al, just told off on you. Thought he was all washed up, couldn't be used. We had lunch a couple times and I slapped him. Said, stop that. Come back to church. He came back and I said, you need to get in the prayer team and start praying for people. He's like, me? How many of you have ever felt that way? Me? Be in the prayer team? Pray for other people? Yeah. Get down there and let God use you. He came down in the prayer team. He was praying for these two gals. As he was praying for the girls, the power of God hit him and healed his knee. Isn't that awesome? He came out to me, handed me his cane and said, does anybody need this? I don't need it anymore. 
So uh, that's one of my favorite miracles right there. How God blesses you as you step out to bless others. Um, you guys got time for just a couple more? All right. Keith and Ali Luberto moved down here. In 2007, Ali and I and our two young sons moved to Santa Barbara for me to be the founding athletic director at a startup Christian high school. After eight years and many, many changes at the school, it was time to move on. The Lord blessed me with a great stopgap job at Westmont College. Financially, it was a struggle, but I really appreciated the love I experienced at the college. After a year, I was hired at a school here in San Diego as athletic director. It was going to be Asher, which is your guys' son's name in case you didn't know, Asher's senior year in high school, and we didn't want to uproot him. So Ali stayed with Asher in Santa Barbara and Judah, and I moved to San Diego. We started to fall further and further behind financially paying two rents, but it was just a year, right? Well, unfortunately, the job at the school became part-time, and I took a series of other part-time jobs to try to cover the bills, but the hole just kept getting deeper. In September... I got hired full-time at the Salvation Army Croc Center as a sports and recreation manager. I get to share my love of sports and sharing the gospel. There are very good benefits at my age. That's very important. And the pay is enough to not make that hole any bigger. Great testimony, right? But it gets better. Just this morning, Allie was offered a promotion and a very nice pay raise. This has been on the table for months and there was no guarantee. But we kept praying. We can, now earnestly, we can now earnestly start paying off debt and save for the future. Thank you, God. Praise Jesus. Way to hang in there, you guys. <clears throat> Here's a testimony of somebody leaving the church. It was awesome. But I'm going to read it because we love them, and they are leaving for a good reason. Yeah. Um, these are the tailors. There are a lot of things God has been doing in our lives, none which seem to happen dramatically. I've come to realize sometimes it is the subtle things that we give glory for, give God glory for, because He knows, uh, we know that His hands were in it. Nothing is a coincidence. To name a few major victories would be Kendall being promoted, us getting orders to Cherry Point, North Carolina, which is exactly where Kendall wanted to be. They'll be leaving in the spring. It feels as though we are going home, and I believe God will open some significant doors for us there. Also, we put an offer on our house in North Carolina, and it was accepted this week. Yeah. We're thankful for all He has done and are believing for the fulfillment of more promises, blessings. Mark, didn't I read your testimony that said when God told you to move from Chicago, you guys put your house up and it was sold in seven hours? Where God guides, God provides. Uh, let me look here and see if I have another one. Oh, this is, this is uh, really uh, good. We have a lot of Chris's in the church, so I can use his first name and you won't know exactly what I'm talking about. This is really personal and precious and vulnerable, and I appreciate him sharing this publicly. Hi, John. For many years, I've struggled as a father and especially in having patience for my son. A few weeks back, I confessed to the men's group how constantly frustrated I've been and how unhealthy it has become for our entire family. 
One of the men, Matt Casey, told me that I needed to have grace because, of course, God has shown His grace to us every day. We must do the same for others. That night, I went home and told my wife that I was going to dedicate myself to showing God's grace because as you taught on Christmas Sunday, God's grace brings peace on earth and in our homes and where we work and everywhere we go. So, for our 2020 New Year's resolution, I'm calling it a grace period, which in faith, I hope to look back and say 2020 was the beginning of grace. No longer just a period, but now an exclamation mark. And the last few weeks, God's grace has been poured out on our family, through me especially. Do you know you can actually feel His grace when it's flowing through you? The patience, the long-suffering, the kindness where you normally want to rip somebody's head off and you don't, that's God's grace. (laughs) He says, God's grace has been poured out on our family, through me especially. And then all I can say is praise God for His faithfulness and love towards us who are weak and see our need for Him and for our brothers and sisters in Christ and who pray for us and speak truth and love into our lives. Isn't that a great testimony? Especially for his son. <laughs> oh, I love a testimony that David said about God. Your gentleness has made me great. Fathers being gentle with their children. It's just really important. So, um, there are other stories and other testimonies of our great God. But I want to end the day... Uh, and praise. So why don't we all stand? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. One of those great stories. One of those great God stories. We love you, God. You've been so great to us this year. I'm going to cap it with, with one, one last one from the Ator household. Um, we had uh, 60, 60 panels, solar panels put on our roof five years ago. And I had a roofer come up because uh, there was a leak in Bella's bedroom ceiling and he went up there and he fixed the leak he said man your whole roof needs to be replaced and this should have been done a long time ago and uh so we called up uh, our solar company and we thought it would be free for them to take the panels off so that we can do a new roof and then they put the panels back on they said oh no that's going to be about two hundred dollars a panel it's five oh, that's twelve thousand dollars just to take the panels off that's more than the roof. And so Hope called uh, uh, the company and talked to one of the reps. And he said, no, that, we don't pay for that. You know? That was five years ago we bought the panels. They're done. They're, you know, it's over. And so I went in my bedroom and prayed and asked God for favor. And I called and asked for the manager. I didn't even know what I was going to say. Because I have no leverage. So I just said, you know... Uh, I think you guys probably should have seen the roof needed to be replaced five years ago. And he said, well, that was five years ago. And I just went quiet. I used to be in sales. The next person who talks loses. And I was just, I said, God, now's your moment because I, I, ha- I don't have anything to say. And he said, I'll tell you what, let me talk to my boss and get back to you. I was like, okay, click. I was like, so about three days later, uh, we get an email that says, if you'll pay $1,200 for the flashing, we will cover the rest.
That was an $11,000 phone call. Huh. Woo! Yes. I want to tell you what a privilege it has been to be your pastor over this past year. I'm not going anywhere. I'm actually on a two-day prayer retreat, leaving from here, going on a two-day prayer retreat, praying for you and asking God for his word for 2020, giving me vision for you and for us. And, but, but I want to thank you. Thank you for listening to me, given the privilege to feed you God's word. Pray for me because everybody wants a happy pastor and a spirit-filled pastor and a wise pastor. And I depend deeply on your prayers. Pray for me as I pray for you every day. And let's believe God for a great 2020. Amen? All right. Let's end this year in praise. Come on, let's worship him. <laughs>